podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, firstly, if I sound bad, it's just because I got my booster yesterday and I feel awful. But I feel a little bit better because we are currently bathing in the tears of Arsenal fans. Liverpool have had a COVID outbreak. There are as many as 14 first-team players who've returned positive tests, as well as the manager, the assistant manager, the goalkeeping coach, and apparently all of the goalkeepers. And Liverpool requested to have the first leg of the League Cup semi-final with Arsenal postponed. Arsenal fans have had enormous tantrums about this. And... They want Liverpool to forfeit the semi-final. They want... Well, they're accusing Liverpool of using the AFCON as a reason for this. Now, that is absolutely nonsensical. And with this game postponed as it is, you get... Gabriel will be able to play in both legs of Arsenal's of the semi-final for Arsenal. So that helps them. You get Salah and Mane still away, so that doesn't help Liverpool at all. So how's, how this is going to work now, rather than the first leg being tomorrow night and the second leg being next Thursday, instead, the first leg will be next Thursday at Anfield and the return leg will now be at the Emirates the following week. Arsenal fans believe this is greatly unfair. This is everything's been changed just for Liverpool. I didn't see this energy from them when they were calling for the Manchester City game to be called off because Mikel Arteta had COVID. What I see here is them wanting basically to play Liverpool's under 14s in this semi final. Now, if you have an Arsenal fan in your life, I'm sure they've been telling you that Arsenal are back. They're going to be top four this year. They're going to be challenging for the title next season. Lots of energy like that. And yet, they don't seem to want to play a strong Liverpool team. They seem scared to play a strong Liverpool team. They want an easy, straightforward semi-final against a bunch of kids, basically. And you're getting journalists joining in on this and things like that. The rules are very, very, very straightforward. And Liverpool have complied with the rules. And by the sounds of things, Arsenal agreed to have this semi-final push back. So their fans are just way out of line here. They're not in tune with reality. That's not a new thing for Arsenal fans. They've been deluded into thinking they're a good team for a number of years, despite finishing eighth in back-to-back seasons. They think they're going to finish top four this year. I doubt it. They look more likely to finish 7th, which I suppose would be progress from 8th last year, but still. They'll tell you Aaron Ramsdale's the best keeper in the league. We know he's not. They'll tell you that everything about what they're doing is done with a plan. This is the club that gave Willian a big contract last summer, gave Aubameyang a big contract last summer, almost lost Smithrow and Saka, continually do lose high-level young players from their own academy. But they want everybody to believe that the world is against them. 
they want people to think there's some sort of big conspiracy theory against Arsenal, that that's the reason that they've struggled over the last few years. And you find this with bad teams a lot, where their fans just think everybody's against us. The league is fixed against us. No, you're just a bad team. It's been that simple for a couple of years. Arsenal have been a bad team. They've held themselves back. They've made countless stupid decisions, bad transfers, bad appointments. I mean, you just need to look at what's happened at the director of football level and above at Arsenal over the last few years to see what a mess the whole thing has been. But the game is now off. So no no midweek game for Liverpool. The training ground is closed. There's no word yet on whether Liverpool will try and get the FA Cup third round game postponed. You'd imagine it's likely that they'll have to. Um, I can't see how that game can go ahead on, on the weekend when this game can't. So it may well be we don't see the Reds again until next Thursday, the 13th, for that first leg. At Anfield. Um, we're going to move quickly around the main Liverpool sites today. Um, this is Anfield leads with confirmation about the game being postponed and the new dates that are confirmed. It's a piece there about the training ground being cl- uh, closed as more new COVID cases emerge. Pep and Linders has uh, tested positive as well. There's a piece about Sadio Mane and how AFCON plans for the Senegal squad have been hit by nine COVID cases, which isn't great. Uh, Robbie Fowler throws hat in the ring as Liverpool fans joke on Klopp standings. Uh, Sachin Nakrani, if you follow Sachin on social media, has shared a letter he received from Rick Parry back in 2004 when he sent forward his, uh, his own application to replace Jared Houllier prior to Rafa Benitez taking over. There's uh, quite a bit there on This Is Anfield to check out. Little bits on AFCON. Some more stuff on COVID. And uh, a piece about five Liverpool players who could move on loan in the January transfer window. Leighton Clarkson obviously has returned from, from Blackburn where the loan didn't work out. It looks like they will look to loan him out again. Um, Vitislav Yaros, the young goalkeeper who was at St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Athletic here in Ireland last season, or well, last Irish season, up until November, and he was tremendous for them, was voted player of the season, won the FAI Cup, uh, did his reputation a lot of good, and he's believed to be very, very talented, so he'll likely go out. Uh, Elijah Dixon Bonner, he's another one that's potentially going on loan. I think he needs to go and get games. Very talented player. Almost left in the summer. Uh, but there will be League 1 and League 2 interest in him for certain. Tom Clayton, young uh, young centre-back, can play in midfield as well. Uh, he looks like he's one. And Billy Cometio. And Billy obviously played for the first team recently. And the truth of it is he, he looked out of his depth against Leicester. He needs to go and get games somewhere. He's only 19, so he's got a big future ahead of him. But I think a League One move would be uh, would be very, very suitable for him. 
onto liverpool.com. There's a weird headline article here. Liverpool have unlocked 41 goal 30 through Jurgen Klopp tweak, but Mohamed Salah is a huge miss. So it's basically about Liverpool's right hand side and how productive it's been this season. And there's absolutely no doubt that. Uh, Trent and Mo have been sensational this year. Probably two of the five best players in the league. Mo out, outstanding and the best player in the league this season. Trent is definitely top five. But they've tried to lump Henderson in and make out that all parts are equal in this. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Jordan Henderson and Mohamed Salah caused Chelsea glaring problems. Henderson did not cause Chelsea glaring problems. He caused Liverpool glaring problems. In the game at the weekend. This idea that all parts of that right-hand side are equal is bizarre. That right-hand side has looked better with Harvey and Naby playing there than it has in any game with Henderson there. Um, there's a few transfer bits and bobs there as well. Liverpool have 34.6% transfer advantage as Jurgen Klopp leaves Pep Guardiola trailing. Basically, Kicker in Germany uh, recently conducted a biannual poll of Bundesliga players about who they believe the best manager in the world is. And Jurgen Klopp was by far and away the number one vote. Uh, Guardiola was number three after Thomas Tuchel. A little bit surprised that Hansi Flick didn't poll a lot higher especially considering the success he's had with Bayern and what what he's now doing with the German national team. Liverpool have Real Madrid transfer edge for next Harvey Elliott amid mooted no-brainer move. So this is about Fabio Carvalho, the youngster at Fulham, 19-year-old, very, very talented attacking midfielder. He's been linked with Liverpool. Born in Lisbon, he moved to England at the age of 12, went into the Fulham Academy, and for a couple of years before he broke onto the scene, the hype on him was absolutely massive. Uh, He and Elliot were in the academy together there, and those two were meant to be the future of Fulham. We obviously stole Harvey, and Carvalho now looks set to leave as well. Hasn't signed a new contract, doesn't seem to want to stay at Fulham, believes he can go and do great things at a bigger club. And I'm inclined to agree with him. I think he is a sensationally talented player who would be a very, very good fit for Liverpool. He's had a contract in the summer. And I really do think it would make a whole lot of sense for Liverpool to bring him in. can play on the right in the front three, on the left in the front three, can play as an eight. I think he would make an awful lot of sense for us as someone to sign this summer, especially on a free. If we could get him and Carney Chukwemeka from Aston Villa on free transfers and just pay the tribunal fees, which probably be about $5 million each, uh, that th- that would be tremendous business. These are two of the best young players in England right now. Uh, Liverpool transfer equation has changed after big discount offers FSG low-risk £26 million double deal. The two players here are Adama Traore and Usman Dembele. I, I I really just don't see us having any interest in either of them, if I'm being honest. I don't think either of them fit how we play. Usman maybe could. 
he's incredibly talented, but he's immature, he's injury prone, and he's inconsistent. And I don't think any of those things will warrant Jurgen Klopp taking a close look at him. A couple of years ago, I think we definitely would have taken him. I know that we wanted him. When Klopp took over, Dembele and Leroy Sané were the two players he had identified as the wide forwards. Or, or at the time, for 4-2-3-1, they would have been wingers. But Dembele went to Dortmund in part because Klopp had sold him on Dortmund when he'd visited Dortmund like a year beforehand. Sané, obviously, City spent big money on him and we couldn't couldn't compete at the time. Uh, the Media Digest piece, Nat Phillips' transfer has hit a snag, apparently. Um, Roma, no, Napoli, sorry. Napoli were a club allegedly interested. Don't think there was any, any truth in that, if we're being honest. Uh, there's been an Erling Haaland setback. Again, I don't think we have any chance of... Haaland, I don't think we'll even be in the mix for Haaland. Liverpool confirmed two transfers. Uh, Morgan Boys and Tony Gallagher have both left the club. Um, Gallagher has joined Livingston. No, Gallagher has joined St. Johnston and Boys has joined Livingston. Uh, best of luck to both of them. Uh, unfortunately, they just didn't make the grade at Liverpool, but they'll go on and have good careers. Jurgen Klopp wants Barcelona swap deal. It's El Nacional, so it's nonsense. It's it's always nonsense. Uh, and it's basically a Nabi Keita for the Usman Dembele swap. Um, no, <laughs> there's just no way. First of all, Nabi has 18 months left on his contract. Usman has six. There's just no way we would consider that. On to AnfieldIndex.com, there's an article up by Stephen Smith entitled A Bastion of Invincibility. Do check that out. It is very, very good. And there are two excellent new podcasts up. The latest Moby on the spot, Brother Downey and Big Yan having a chat about the 2-2 draw with Chelsea. And then there is the latest Under Pressure entitled Extreme Variance, Dan Kennett, Phil Barter and Simon Brundish chatting about the Chelsea match and a few other things. It's really, really good. Do give it a listen when you get a chance. That is going to be me for today, folks. I will see you all tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll feel better and sound a bit more alive. But take care of yourselves and stay safe. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.